Well, hello, Bram, and welcome to the last Sunday of our series called We, Not Us or Them. And this whole idea of speaking candidly about racism, the need for racial reconciliation, and what does God's word say to us about it? And so the first Sunday, we looked at the Old Testament and race. The second Sunday, we looked at what does the New Testament say and race. And last week, Pastor Justin spoke on the gospel and race, or the gospel and and Jesus and how he approached race. And seeing and learning on how God has created us different, but yet created us to be unified. And so today I really want to look at, lastly then, as we live as Christ followers on a day-to-day basis, I want to look at the Holy Spirit and race today. Now, I took a week off a couple weeks back when it was really that hot spell, and I wanted to get my house painted on the outside. And as you do that, and as you prep the house and stuff, you realize that there's a lot of rotted areas, rotted wood over the year, and and I had that going on at my house. But there were portions of the rotted wood in that that I couldn't fix. I couldn't figure out how to cut it out and and fix it because it it wasn't a whole window that needed to be fixed. It was portions and all that. And how do you cut that out and, and put other pieces in that are new and fresh in that? And so... I hired, you know, Bronson Fix uh, from New Hope here to, to come and to replace that old wood. And after he did that, I realized, you know what, that's really a picture of my life. You know, I have my old self, I have all this, this rotted, like, wood, this rotted character in my being. And it was going to stay there, continue to rot. And I couldn't change it. And so I needed Jesus to come in and take out that rotted wood, and to replace it, actually, with new wood, new character. And that's what takes place when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. And that's the picture we get from our passage today as we finish up in Galatians chapter 5, here in our series. The Apostle Paul, first of all, is talking about our old life. And I want to talk about how our old life impacts our race. So it's our old life and race. And so the Apostle Paul lists off all these descriptions, these characteristics of our old life in verses 19 through 21. Let me read those to you. He says, The act of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And so, if we look at these characteristics of our old self, just starting with sexual immorality. I mean, when when Christianity, when Jesus came into the scene and Christianity started, they brought this incredible new virtue of morality when it came to sex. And it was 
total paradigm shift in the world, that culture at that time. Because they condoned and they affirmed sexual mispractice. They felt like anything that you did physically did not have anything to do with you spiritually. So live physically as you would want. But Paul is saying, hey, he's not affirming sexual immorality. It's your old nature. He talks about impurity. You know, anything that separates us from God, that's our old nature. Debauchery, which is a lifestyle that's basically ready to do anything that's pleasurable. Even to the point where a man or a woman could care less what other people say or think about them. I mean, think about it. When, when we're thinking of doing something on the edge or whatever, we often are stopped because we're like, well, I wonder what someone's going to think or say of me. But a person who's living in debauchery is one who could care less. I'm going to live and do what I want regardless of what people say or do. And he's saying this is our old nature. Idolatry, our old nature, where we're worshiping what man has made in place of worshiping God. Witchcraft, hatred, he says. One who is hostile towards others. Hatred is the direct opposite of love. But that's our old nature. Discord, where there's mistrust among people and division among people. He talks about jealousy. He talks about fits of rage, like blowing up with anger like a bomb. He says our old nature is filled with selfish ambition. You know, we have no desire to serve and love others, our main desire every day is to serve and love ourselves. That's a person that lives out of selfish ambition. And he says, when we do this, it brings dissension. It brings the separating of society, the division of society, the, the division because of differences. And then he says, our old nature produces factions. It goes a step further, he says, than dissension. It's not just that, hey, I disagree with this person, but I dislike or I hate this person because of their view or their difference. And he talks about envy and drunkenness and and orgies, and he says, the like. And so my question to us here is, out of this old nature... What characteristics are naturally going to produce racial separation and and division in us? You know, I highlighted some of these characteristics. Idolatry is going to produce racial separation. Hatred is. Discord is. Jealousy is. Fits of rage. Selfish ambition. Dissensions. Factions. All these characteristics of our old nature, our sin nature, are naturally going to produce racism in us. That's how it is. And so Paul then contrasts this with our new life in Christ. And I love this picture that we get in John chapter 3 of the story of Nicodemus, who is a religious leader, respected in his day and his culture, a very wise man, knows the law. But listen to these three verses. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, 
we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. You know, I think those three verses, this, this brief intro to the story of Nicodemus tells us something. Nicodemus comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, we know that the way you behave, how you live, there's no way that no man or woman could live that way without God in their life. And Jesus says, you're right. You need to be reborn, born again. And only God can do that. Only God can bring the change out of our old self into the new. Just like the rotted wood at my house. I couldn't figure out how to bring that change. So I invited someone else in to replace the rotted wood and to bring in the new. And that's what Jesus is saying. Hey, you have to be reborn. And God does that work. And so this is where the apostle Paul then Again, in Galatians 5, goes on and he talks about our new life now in Jesus, in his spirit, and what he produces in us. And so he says this, But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And so our old life is gone. Our new life has now come. And so Paul lists off now the sort of the, the new wood that replaces the rotted wood in our life. The new characteristics that the fruit of the Holy Spirit brings. What does he list off? Love which is opposite of hatred. And the love he's talking about is agape love, which means that, hey, whenever I act, I act out of the other person's best interest. Pretty different than our old nature character of self-ambition, right? He talks about joy, that our ultimate joy comes from God, not things. He talks about peace, that because our life now is ordered by God and right with God, we have this incredible peace within us and that we portray to others. I was visiting this last week with some men at Herman's Bakery and one of our uh, local politicians uh, came in and sat down. We were having coffee and I asked the individual, how is it you can work within the Senate and have peace? with all the, the infighting and the challenges of right and wrong and that. And he said, you know what? God ultimately is sovereign. God is in control. I am doing my part to do the next right thing, but I trust in his sovereignty, his leadership, and it gives me peace. And that's our new nature. That's what the Holy Spirit brings to us. The Holy Spirit talks about bringing the character of patience, and this character of patience he's talking about here, it's not actually towards events or things. The patience that the Holy Spirit is implanting in us is for people. It's for people, specifically. He talks about the characteristics of kindness and goodness. About how 
we are to cut each other slack and, and to understand others and to be kind towards others. You know, every night when my wife and I pray before we go to bed, one thing that I had added to my prayer list when COVID started was I asked God for kindness in East Central Minnesota and beyond. And every night I pray for kindness over our land, that there would just be kindness that portrays out of people's lives. But the Holy Spirit provides this. And then there's this faithfulness, there's this reliability, this characteristic that the Holy Spirit brings. And then he talks about gentleness and self-control, the mastering of our desires, or even the mastering of our desire to maybe say something that isn't appropriate, or to react in a way in an action that is not appropriate. But we see in Paul's list here of being controlled by the Spirit, being given the fruit of the Spirit, how we are a different people, and how our nature changes from the old nature to the new nature. But how do we get there? How do we get there? The way we get there is, thirdly, our new life race director is the Holy Spirit. So we need a new life race director, racial director in our lives. And this is what it says in verse 24 and 25 of Galatians. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. The old way is gone, the new has come, right? The rotted wood is out, the new wood is in. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, it says. So, our new racial director in our lives is the Holy Spirit, and we are to allow the Holy Spirit to direct us now. That is what Paul is saying here. I love it in John chapter 14 and John 16, it talks about when Jesus was leaving, he said, hey, I'm ascending to heaven, but I'm not leaving you alone. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit who will teach you everything you need to know. He will be your counselor. And he counsels us in how we are to live. And so we are to keep in step with him and to follow him. And in that, he will bring in us racial reconciliation. He will bring in us right relationships, both from our thinking, from our words, and to our actions. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. We are now controlled by the Holy Spirit. And he controls how we respond to race. And so I want to give an example of this, and I would love to invite Edna Wren up to share her story of racism and how God has called her as a Christ follower to respond to that. And so last Sunday when I was in Isani at the campus there hosting, I was visiting with uh, Edna afterwards and she was sharing these stories with me and I'm like, hey, I'd love for you to share that at New Hope. So Edna, maybe just share uh, a, a story that 
uh, has to do with how you've experienced racism and how you respond as a Christ follower that is different than the world would respond. Correct. Well, um, my name is Edna Warren, and um, I do home care services. I've done it for 32 years. And one of my incidents with my client was his daughter hired me to take care of he and his wife. He was dying from prostate cancer, and his wife had dementia. But um, he, didn't, he told his daughter he didn't want a nigger in his house. But So I in, introduced two of my white friends to come and help out. And they got into a desperate situation. And uh, his daughter told him, Dad, you have to take Edna or else the nursing home. So I went in to take care of his wife while he was in the hospital. And uh, I was taking good care of his wife. When he came from the hospital, he saw his wife looking so beautiful. And he gave me a hug and grabbed my hands and said, you know, he embraced me as family. Up to his dying day, he was hanging on to my hands. He didn't want me to leave the room. So we was joking with him and saying that he was colorblind while he was dying. And my recent story um, that happened... So, well, Edna, let me just ask you. I mean, was there a point where he was saying, I don't want a nigger in my house, where you wanted to respond the way the world would respond, yeah. but yet you decided, hey, I'm going to serve him anyways by loving his wife and taking care of his wife? Correct. I mean, was there that tension that you felt like, oh man, I'm... No, I didn't, I, no, I never had that tension because really? I had previous uh, experience with people and I, and I know that law would want me to treat the person with love, treat them better than what they're doing to me. So it's something that God had already done in your life yes. to bring you to that point of yes. how you were going to respond and yes. so... so now it's sort of this natural response to uh, respond in your new nature, yes. right? That, yes. that Paul talked about. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. So do you find uh, that racism pops up in your life at different times, or is it sort of like just once in a while? Different times. Different times. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so you were sharing with me that there was this recent story uh, of driving yeah. and experiencing that. So what was that story? So we would, my daughter and I was taking the back row to go to uh, Abbeville Mall, and this family was in their open-top car, and he has his son, and his, his wife was in the front. He has two sons in the back. And when they realized who we were, they would go ahead of us and stop abruptly in the middle of the row. So I, I told my daughter, I said, he's playing games, so we have to stay far away from him. So we patiently drove behind him. We got to the light we was going to turn, and he refused to turn. And I tipped my horn a little bit. He let it all on me. He called me nigger, all of the names he could. And I went closer to him. I drove by and told him, God bless you. You have a blessed day. And my daughter turned around to me and said, Mom, why would you bless him? He just cuts us up. I said, well, he's teaching his children what he wants to teach them. I'm teaching you what God wants you to learn. So that was my experience. Yeah. And so uh, huge modeling for your daughter. Yeah. Right? In, in that moment. Yeah. And, and how critical that is. Yeah. And so what would you say to the people of New Hope when it comes to... Uh, the transformation of a life mm -hmm. from 
you know, wanting to respond as the world would respond yeah. towards someone who is negative towards us or, or racist towards us yeah. uh, to how Christ would want us to respond? Well, um, my fellow friends, I would like for you all to understand that um, we don't have to respond to people as they are treating us. We should treat people as Christ wants us to treat them. So sometimes you don't even know what that person is going through. So if you respond to them with a positive attitude, that person might come around and say, well, that person is different. You know, maybe that's a child of God. So we should be supposed to be his disciple out there, winning soul, instead of responding to them with the treatment that they're giving us. So potentially, you're saying that the way you responded to that man with yeah. his children in the back seat yeah. potentially could impact him and help him to rethink how he was treating you yeah. and does he really want to model that for his children. Correct. Or that, you know, God could use that as a conviction in his life to bring racial change Correct. in his life and how he lives. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So... Edna, uh, in your experiences, um, how has it worked for you when, when you have responded to people in a gentle way? Have you found that you walk away with more peace Correct. as opposed to uh, responding as the world would respond yes. and then potentially walking away yes. in anger or bitterness or whatever. So how does uh, how you handle it in the new nature, yes. right, as Paul talks about, uh, protect it your heart or, or peace in your life or, yes. uh, you know, just giving you satisfaction? All right. Well, it gives me satisfaction because every time you do the right thing, it makes you feel good that you did the right thing. Even if the person is not responding to it, you know that at least I know I did the right thing. So it gives me a peace of mind. Like even forgiving your friends or forgiving your neighbor. So forgiveness is not for the enemy. It's for yourself because it gives you a peace of mind knowing that I have peace within myself. I'm not going to worry about what the next person have. At least I know I have peace within myself. I can sleep at night knowing that I did the right thing. Mm -hmm. So, Edna, we're wrapping up this series called We, not, you know, us or them and, and that kind of thing. Uh, this whole idea of racial differences and division and how God's created us to even though we are diversified to be unified. And, and to, we're all children of God and created in his image and, and created unique and special in that. And, and he desires us to treat one another out of the, the new fruit, the character that the Holy Spirit implants in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. What, what would you say to the people of New Hope uh, as one who's experienced racism firsthand, uh, what would you say or encourage uh, us how to live? And even maybe to some of us who say, well, I'm not racist. I don't, I'm not racist or whatever. You know, how would you challenge us? Well, um, you know, back to the same story. We just treat the next person as you want to be treated. 
and uh, understand the next person world, understand what they're going through as a human being. So if we all work together as a team and fight against racism, it will be good for all of us. At least you will go home knowing that you have a peace of mind by making um, peace with your neighbor or making peace with other people. Well, that's great, Edna. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Annette. And would you pray for us? Father God, we thank you. We praise you. We thank you for this congregation. We thank you for blessing us with this wonderful country. America has been a blessing to our entire family, and we are grateful. Father God, may you use us in this country to be a representative of you. Wherever we go, may we be called the children of God. We just want to thank you. We thank you for unity and understanding. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Hey, well, thanks for being with us, and thank you for being with us here today at New Hope.